Scott, how do how do you feel about the Broncos, man? I know when we were there's talking, not a team I less want to be a fan of <laughs> in all pro sports. You want like to be a Broncos fan would be the worst possible fucking thing in all sports fan right now. It is episode 129 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire. Me and Hayden are joined again by Scott Ani. How we doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Always good during football season. Always good during for football season. Did you uh, did you dress up this weekend? Any Halloween costumes? Nah, I didn't make it out this weekend. That's- no. Thick during the week, so I just took it easy this year. Felt kind of lame, but is what it is. Is what it is, man. You're on the you're on the IR for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Injury, cold, and sinus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> upper exactly. body, upper body injury. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I don't want to keep you for too long because I know you want to get going out of school uh, pretty quick here, but. Let's uh we're gonna break down some of the past week of the NHL. A few trades went down for the Canucks. They got back on the winning mojo, and then the NFL trade deadline happened today. We're recording Tuesday night here. But uh I wanna let's just get right to the point here. Vancouver Canucks, they slay their dragons, their moral dragons, that is, and they get back in the win column. They're on a two-game heater right now, beating Seattle and Pittsburgh last week on a back-to-back. Um, Seattle 5-4. I want to talk a little bit about that game. But um, overall, how do you guys think the Canucks played um, this past week? For me, the Seattle game, it was... I know I had low hopes going into that one. Called the one-goal differential, but you called it, Jeff. You you called the uh, the win for the Canucks, and then the Pittsburgh win was just cherry on top. Yeah. And they just spanked Pittsburgh, absolutely spanked them, which was you don't get to see Crosby get spanked uh, like that a lot. So it was good to see. Yeah, I had them beating Seattle, too. They're not going to lose all year. They never lost to Seattle. Um, wasn't a great game, though. They got outplayed through much the whole thing. And Pittsburgh one's nice, but they they are. This is who they are. They're not as bad as their own seven. And there's not as good as beating Pittsburgh five one. Yeah, they're going to be a fringe playoff team. Let's hope that, you know, two points in the first seven games isn't enough to keep them out of it. No, 100 percent. Like later in the year when they're out, when they are battling for that playoff spot, you're going to look back and be like, where could they have gotten those extra four points that they need to have some comfort in that last wild card spot or whatever? And they're, you're going to look at their three straight games with a multi-goal lead. And it's going to be like, yeah, if we just got a couple of those, we'd be a lot less anxious about our position right now, but like the Seattle game, Demko was very shaky that game. Yes, he got the win, but there was a few soft ones that he let in, hit his equipment, trickled in behind him, and it was like, buddy, like, yeah, he got the win, but man, some of those goals we'd like to avoid going forward. But 
got the win. Mikheyev uh, tucked twice, and the big players produced. So it was uh, it was good to see. Uh, PD scored. Mikheyev got there twice. Garland empty netter. JT Miller scored too. So it was really good to see. And then uh, on the back to back, they beat Pittsburgh five one. Um, Spencer Martin. Um, he every game he's played started for the Canucks. He's gotten a point. So that's a really good confidence booster. What are your guys' thoughts on Spencer Knight? And do you think he can be the long-term backup for Vancouver? I don't see why not. He's looked great from last season into this year, Spencer Martin. Um, I don't know why they haven't given him more starts this year. Like, I don't Obviously, it's Demko's job, but he's been struggling. They're not winning. I think he should have had at least a couple more starts so far. I 100% agree. Isn't his goals against like what was it like a two point eight though or like a three point eight? It was something pretty high, wasn't it? Demko or pretty, Martin? Martin. Martin. Demko's is like four. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like when I saw uh, Martin get a net for the Kraken game, I thought like I saw it, it was probably a two point eight goals against average, but I thought it was like ridiculously high. Well, it was probably um, what game was it? They went to they lost in overtime. Um, I can I can search it up right now. Well, I can't remember, but I think I'm pretty sure Letton like three or four goals that game. So, like he's I mean, still he's only played in, you've only played in two games. Your stats are going to be skewed. Yeah. So oh, yeah, like... he he's only played eleven games in his career. Yeah. yeah. So, oh yeah, and his goals against average is now a two five five. So it I wasn't two eight eight. Goals yeah. against is more of a team stat anyway. Like, what can you do if you're gonna get peppered all day? And also, I I tend to more gravitate towards like the safe percentage. Like, if you're in like the low nine hundreds to high eight hundreds, then that's something to kind of worry about. But being in like nine twenty to nine thirty range is like a pretty good place to be. So that's kind of. Like if you let in four goals, but you have like forty shots against, it's like it's understandable if a few of those squeak by. But um, that wasn't a problem for Pittsburgh because he got thirty-four saves, letting in one. Um, Kuzmenko is has goals in back-to-back games, so it's good to see the big guys stepping up when they need to. Um, but Canucks didn't just dabble in games; they um, they made a few splashes. Nothing massive. But uh, the first, they uh, um, lived up to Mikey DiPietro's trade request and sent him and prospect Jonathan Meyerberg, who was the fifth-round pick in 2021, right-shot defenseman, uh, over to Boston for Jack Strudnicka, who was, a, who was the 53rd overall pick back in 2017, um, just five picks after Mikey DiPietro or Pryor, can't remember. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the trade? Just a little depth move, nothing insane. Do you have anything to say on this? You pretty much just got a, just got it. Yeah, pretty average depth piece. Uh, living up, like you said, to DiPietro's trade requests, and honestly, forgot DiPietro was <laughs> it was even on the Canucks, or like even on their roster, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. And, disappointing hit with him you know there's a lot of high hopes for him and it obviously didn't pan out and it doesn't look like he's going to become an NHL goalie um I hear that D-man that Myronberg has some potential so not sure about 
dishing him out, I, it's probably a nothing move completely. But if anything, the Canucks lost that trade for sure. Like, yeah, I was a little hesitant on giving up the right shot defenseman as well when they are kind of like gold. But Alvin, he came out and said that he's like around five years away, which I mean, it's still kind of like something that would fit our timeline. But just it was yeah, kind I mean, of. I don't know. He's probably still like a third pairing D man, even if yeah. he develops into that. I I just like watching Bruins fans' reaction to it, and they're just like they thought they were gonna just give that guy away for nothing. So like, oh, we got something for this bum. Okay, cool. Yeah, reading that, how, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> how can anyone be so sure about such a long timetable for a player, like five years away? Exactly. That's why it's probably a nothing move. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know about that. It's just the right shot defenseman aspect when it's like something that we're looking for to get better at. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Yeah, it's probably not going to live up to anything. But um, we did turn around and trade for a roster player, right shot defenseman. We gave up a fifth round pick in this upcoming draft for Ethan Bear and Lane Peterson. And uh, Carolina is retaining $1,400,000 of Ethan Bear's salary. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I think this is not a terrible move. I think Ethan Bear is a good fifth, sixth defenseman. Um, maybe can even squeeze into the top four, but I think he's a guy that could be playing with consistent minutes and just in a limited role. Um, the more he plays, I feel like the more he's maybe willing to make mistakes, but in a limited role, I think he can be a really good defenseman for us. But what are you guys' thoughts on the Ethan Bear acquisition? Scotty, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I like it. I think everyone likes Ethan Bear. I don't know why teams have been giving him away for nothing for years now. Edmonton got got rid of him for nothing. Carolina wouldn't even put them in their lineup. But I think he is a solid, you know, bottom four defender. He's not going to fix this team by any means. But... You know, you don't have six NHL caliber defensemen on that roster right now. So it's nice to get one, regardless if he's yeah. a bottom pair guy or not. But there are some people that are way too excited about this. Uh, he's not going to come in and be, you know, a 20 minute guy and change this defense, but he will be solid if they can put him in the right role. Their problem is they put the defensemen way above where they're supposed to be. So he could also be a whipping boy for this team, too, if they're going to rely on him too hard. I hope that's not the case. Yeah. Bruce is going to fucking put him PP1 and like taking over Hughes minutes and shit. <laughs> now it's just going to be like Ethan Bears. Everyone's going to hate no, but him. I like the guy a lot too, especially, yeah. you know, the shit he went through in Edmonton and stuff. So should be solid. Yeah. Aiden? Yeah. I like uh, having Bears a solid roster piece. I think, uh, yeah, he would definitely won't, uh, definitely won't tilt the team one way or the other. But I mean, It'll be cool to see him play tonight, you know. I'm pretty sure he's playing, right? Yeah, I think I think he's set to make his uh, debut in the new uh, reverse retro jerseys. Yeah. Oh, nice. I I'm actually really excited for this game. I think it's going to be a a good game, but yeah, it'll be cool to see him out there. Yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. He's not going to really move the needle, but he kind of shores it up a little bit more. But we'll see how he does. Yeah, Lane Lane Peterson stinks though. I watched that guy play for the Sharks a bunch last year, and he was probably the worst player on the team. He he sucks. Yeah, he's gonna go go right to Abbotsford. I don't think we'll ever yeah, see him. Hopefully, he doesn't team. get in the lineup. 
<laughs> Hopefully not. But I, I kind of just breezed over him. I was like, okay, I guess we got like another piece, but I'm, I'm more focused on Ethan Bear, like, because this defense needs any help. And I think Ethan Bear does that. But uh, upcoming schedule, they're playing tonight, Tuesday versus the Devils, who are hot, red hot right now. Uh, Thursday versus the Ducks, Saturday versus the Predators, and Tuesday they're in Ottawa. I think we can come out of this four-game stretch 500. I think I'd be happy with that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised with 3-1. and one. We tend to play decently well up to our opponents. So with, if the Devils are as hot as they are, um, tends to mean that they're playing good hockey right now, and I think the Canucks tend to be decent in those situations, just like at Pittsburgh. Um, Predators, we don't necessarily have a great history with them. So I'm kind of expecting a loss there, but I'm confident against Ottawa and Anaheim. So I think 500, three and one, I'd be ecstatic with anything worse than that is uh, very, very concerning. But uh, we'll go to news around the NHL. Um, The injury updates, but I'm not going to bore you with those. The Leafs, they are a massive talking point throughout the NHL this past week. They are currently 4-4-2. and two. They um, went on a 1-2-2 two two road trip, blowing a three-goal lead against Anaheim just recently in overtime. Should the Leafs press the ba- uh, the panic button? Uh, Scott, I'll uh, have you kick this one off. No. No, I mean, they're a good team. They're, it's 10 games into the year. It's not like they lost the first seven games of the year or something. Like... The defense is worrisome, you know, and they, who knows with the goaltending, I think Samson has been pretty good, but if there's anything to panic about, it's like the locker room with the reports you're hearing about Marner and there might be a feud with Keith. So the roster is fine. Like Tavares is even playing great. They're, it's just early season and teams are going to go through slumps. You don't think the best team in the league is going to have a 500 stretch over 10 games at some point. It's going to happen. They're just in the Toronto spotlight, and that's the only reason we're talking about this shit. It's annoying. Like their their team's good. Like okay, we lost a couple games in a month. Relax. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's like, come on, it's ten games out of eighty-two. You know what I mean? Or it's it's not even worrisome to be not as high as they are, but they could be lower. You know? Yeah. And. If you if it starts to become an uh or like if they keep playing like this double the amount of time, maybe it's kind of like, okay, what what's wrong here or what's the problem? If we get halfway into the season and they're still kind of just playing like this, then there's something wrong, but something needs to happen. Will that happen? Probably not. Obviously, goalie is like their biggest uh their biggest turnoff right now. I think we could all agree on that. So it's like, will they actually do something at the trade deadline? Oh, probably not, but they'll, they'll get it together. They have to get it together. Yeah. I think goaltending isn't been as bad as I thought it might be. Samsonov's, uh, I think he's playing better than what his expectations were. Um, I think their defense is kind of similar to Vancouver's where it's just like really, really thin. But I mean, last year they started off worse than this and they finished with a franchise 
best 115 points or whatever. Like they had like they had their best year regular season franchise history and they started off worse. So I'm not worried. Um there's reports on like questioning if Keith will stay around. I think Dubis is pretty stubborn to um not necessarily make any moves halfway through the season when it comes to like coaching or whatever. So I think Keith will stick it out. But do you think at some point they might uh, dial Barry Trotz's phone number, give him a call? Give him the old what's up? Yeah, I've heard people hey, talk about doing? that. It'd be cool actually to see him there. I don't yeah, I saw something again today where he would he was he wants a job where maybe he can become a GM after too. So I don't know if I see that happening in Toronto because I think Dubis is at least safe for the year. Yeah. So I don't know. That'd be interesting though. I don't yeah. know. Like, they do need more structure in their games. That's what a lot of people are saying, and he would provide that. But I don't know if that roster is the type of roster that'll like support that in a way. Like these yeah. guys want to fly high, they want to score goals. Defensive system might win for them, but you might get some pushback from it. They're very like air raid as opposed to like yeah sharing up their defense for sure. And yeah, I think like Matt, everyone's offensive numbers would go down if Barry Trotz came in. But I mean, he took the Islanders to back to back Eastern Conference Finals, so and won a cup with Washington, obviously. So he's had the playoff success that Toronto desperately needs. So I think it could be an interesting move, and he's said that he's down to coach for an original six team. So Toronto's like the only one with a coach that's not necessarily secured right now. So it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see if they will pull the trigger on Barry Trotz. Um move over to Canucks opponent tonight, New Jersey winners of their last of six of their last seven. Are they legit? Can should people be taking this team serious or is this just another kind of like, ah, whatever they'll be mid within the next 20 games. I feel like this is almost a, uh, a New York giants sort of outlook on uh, the devils. It's like no one had like super high expectations for them and they've come out their first, you know, 10 games or however many they played, like kind of firing. And it's like, okay, like what, what is this? You know, obviously with the giants, you see a little bit, the teams they played, but I mean, the devils could have got a couple bouncing pucks their way. I don't know. It, it, I think you just had to wait and see, you know, it's way too early to tell in the year for any of this stuff. I think. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't think they're legit. I really don't. I don't think they have the goaltending. I don't think they have enough experience in their forward group. Um, I mean, if Jesper Bratt's a point and a half per game player all year, then yeah, I guess they are legit, but I don't think he is. Um, they'll contend for a playoff spot, though, it's looking like. I'm looking at some stats right now, and like even with all the wins, Blackwood's been terrible. Like, Yeah, their goaltending's been very like hard to rely on. But it's no secret that they got a boost after their home opening boost, similar to Vancouver, except Vancouver didn't necessarily get a boost after that. But um, it seems to be working for New Jersey. And yeah, 
Brat's been on a tear right now. I'm pretty sure he has like 15 points, which is like good enough for like almost fifth in the NHL, like around there. But I, I think they come back to earth. But I think this boost early on really helps their case to contend for a wild card spot. Which Hayden, pretty sure you had him in the wild card spot um, in our preseason predictions. I'm pretty sure you had New Jersey in that second wild card spot. So if that uh, take um, is correct, then shouts out to you. But New Jersey <laughs> doesn't look too bad right now. Um, Scoring leaders, uh, we got Connor McDavid leading in goals. And all the greats have at least one Rocket Richard, and Connor McDavid hasn't had one yet. Do we think that this could be the year that he wins the Rocket? He's sitting at first with nine goals. What are your guys' thoughts on McDavid's steaming hot start this year? I mean, it's like basically similar to like all his fucking years in the NHL. He's been healthy, but like, what are your guys' yeah. thoughts on his early boosting goals this year? I mean, sure, he'll win one. He'll win two. He may even win three. He can win it any year he wants. It just depends on how he's going to play hockey. <laughs> um, like, I've seen he's, he's playing, like, in their big win streak here, he's played, like, a minute and a half with uh, Drysaddle. So if he's not going to be on the ice with Drysaddle, he's going to be putting more pucks in the net. Um, it all depends, like, what he wants to do. Does he want to score 50 or does he want to put up 80 assists? He'll do whatever he wants. Yeah, it's, it's such a good point. It's like he can... If he wants to score, he'll just go down and he'll just go down and score. Because this is a really deceiving shot, too. Like, he can... It's very underrated. He can snap one by. So, I honestly think that he will be within the top three goal leaders this year. And I don't think that's a hot take at all. Like, I think he'll contend for number one. I'll tell you who really likes it. It's my fantasy team. Yeah. (laughs) Like, the fact that... In two or three weeks, uh, two out of three weeks, he's gotten a hat trick in like uh, each of those. It's like, whoo, man, that was a nice surprise to wake up to. <laughs> it's not even no, like it's not even like a surprise anymore with this guy. It's just like, okay, four points. All right. Yeah, but it's it's like <laughs> the the projected points. Obviously, everyone's gonna have a dud of a game, but then when he comes out firing and literally gets me like eighty points in a week, I'm like. Okay, <laughs> this is nice. I like this. <laughs> yeah, it's very nice. I'll take so it. So this is what it was like taking Christian McCaffrey uh, for like two or three years. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey yeah. was it? I'm way more so. surprised if he doesn't get a point than if he gets a hat trick for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly. When he's held off the score sheet, I'm like, wow. Yeah, or that it, is impressive. Or even if it's like a seven-one win for Edmonton and he only has one, I think that's when it's just like, oh. Wow, so Edmonton's depth actually showed up today. All right. Mm-hmm. Or you'll look and Dreisaitl has fucking five points, and it's just like, oh, oh, never mind. He carried. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he put all the weight on his back. But uh, speaking of absolutely on fire, Tage Thompson, and also fantasy teams too, because uh, Tage Thompson has nine points in his last two games. Uh, he's just coming off a six-point night against Detroit. Um, three goals, three assists, and I played him in fantasy. I, uh, I'm playing him in fantasy first day of the week. And he has our super inflated point system, Scott. He has like 50, 48 and a half points. Um, he had like nine shots on goal, plus three, a couple power play points, three goals, three assists. It's like, okay, if 
buddy, stop. I, yeah, I asked brutal. I asked my friend, I was like, hey, Zach, do you mind telling your boy Tate to slow down? And then after that, I got like two more points. And I'm like, okay, never mind, man, I guess. <laughs> I'm, I'm also in a super inflated points one this year. I've always done just like one for a goal, one for an assist, but they're like six and four in this league I'm in this year. And, yeah, that's what we do. And I was negative four after like yesterday's game. So if I was facing <laughs> Thompson, I'd be in trouble. Yeah, I look at um right when the night started, I was like, okay, I have three guys playing tonight. He has Tage. I was like, all right, whatever. I look later and I'm losing 48 and a half to fucking nine. And I'm like, excuse me. And it's like Thompson just absolutely went off. And I'm like, okay. All right, this is nice. And then in me and Hayden's league. Uh, I'm playing my girlfriend and she forgot to set her lineup and she has Tage Thompson on her bench. So I was like, thank the fucking Lord because I'm still losing to her anyways because I have Kairu and that guy hasn't done shit. Yeah, that's who got me negative four yesterday in my league. (laughs) But it's like he was pouring for game last year and I don't want to drop him. But um, to get to my point, Tage Thompson is on his absolute tear. Buffalo has been playing great hockey this year. Rasmus Dahlin's also been playing well, leading defenseman in points. Whoa, 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 not quite. Oh, he just passed him yesterday, I guess. Damn it. Zarek Carlson up until yesterday. I I was going to bring up your boy in a bit, but (laughs) um, no, like can Buffalo sustain this um, early season I guess success, if you want to call it that, but they've just been playing pretty steady hockey and like Thompson at least these last few nights has been playing up to his contract extension. But what are your thoughts on Buffalo so far? I thought they'd be closer to the one pick than a playoff spot before the season. So I don't even know what to think. Honestly, like if Darlene's this good, if Thompson, you know, is three quarters of what he was last year, maybe they are good. Maybe they are there. I thought Detroit and Ottawa were going to be the closer teams coming up from the basement. But, I mean, they look good. They have names all over the roster right now. They they might be good. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's definitely a super weird team. But, hey, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, it's, yeah, it's definitely weird, like, to hear just because Buffalo was so shit last year. And then it's like they traded Eichel. And now they're good. <laughs> It's like, how does that math, like, math does not compute for this one, you know? Math is nothing. Math is not mathing. How is this happening? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think like, they'll come back down to earth. Surely, you know, they, I want to say they're not good. You know, this is kind of what I'm saying with New Jersey, but it's like, I don't know. It's too early in the season to make a judgment, and I could totally be slapped in the face, or I could be uh, pleasantly humbled, or I could be right. You know? Yeah. I don't know. I definitely think Buffalo's like earned the. All right, the I think they're. We got to respect them a bit more because fools like me going to the home opener, Vancouver's home opener. I was still like living in the past. And I was like, oh, Buffalo, easy dub. Going to start the year home year off like on a good note. And then we get spanked 5-1, outplayed all game. And it was just a terrible experience. But I think Buffalo now, it's just everyone's kind of not breaking out, but they're getting a lot more comfortable at the NHL level. Like, we got to remember Darlene coming into the year as the first overall pick. 
he was like 18 his first year and defenseman at the age of 18 that's not an easy thing to do they usually take a couple years to develop at least right so Darlene had all this pressure on him and now I think it's everyone's accepted that he's kind of mid and now he's taken that and he's like no like I'm not now that the pressure's kind of cooled off a bit I can now you know dance a little bit more and I think he's really starting to come out of his cage and he's doing just fine right mm-hmm. so um I think Buffalo's deserved um they're starting to earn that respect now and I think they're going to be solid now they they won't make the playoffs every year but I think they're going to start competing a bit more for playoff spots as opposed to lottery picks going forward I still am not too confident on their goaltending situation but I think their skaters as a whole is developing at a pretty steady rate. But we'll see. There's obviously a lot of hockey. Their goalies have been good too, but it's it, the question is if Levi can come in and be a legit one for them. That's going to be their hope going forward. They have prospects everywhere, though. I think I honestly think they'll be the best team in the league within a few years, and I think I think they'll be a perennial contender. It might win more than a cup too, like. They're wow. scary, scary prospects. Listen, they remind me of the Houston Astros minus the cheating scandal. Forget about that. They <laughs> bottomed the hell out. They were so bad. And now they've been to six consecutive ALCS or something like that. Yeah, like, something dumb. They bottomed out so bad and got really, really fucking good. And I think Buffalo's going to do the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point with Devin Levi. I, I do think they need to... Even like pick up someone else's garbage, like hopefully find a diamond in the rough, a rose grown from concrete kind of situation from other teams. Maybe get a younger goalie who a team's given up on for a low pick and then they can maybe develop a bit better. Something like that. Or just draft fucking five goalies every single draft you're hoping one of them hits kind of thing. But I definitely like the pace that Buffalo's on right now i think they're in a position now where it's like their fans are okay just give us some excitement even if we're bad but yeah, i think they're being a fan of that team would be fun to sell right now yeah even if they are bad the names like all the young names there just watch those guys play that's fun yeah but um we'll go over to your boy eric carlson because buddy yeah. buddy is turning yeah. back the clock he is turning back the clock people are starting to call him norris again he's looking handsome as ever with that fucking haircut of his and he's just putting up points, Norris-level play. Do you think he can, in the end, with how bad San Jose is, or even just like, yeah, just how bad San Jose is and where they're at as a roster, can Eric Carlson put up a Norris-level season? Scott? Yeah, absolutely, he can put up a Norris-level season. Can he win it? I highly doubt that. Like, Voting comes in today. He's second in those votes to Dolian, and there's no question about that. Um. McCarr's still the best. Dolian's the current front runner, but he's not going to win shit being on a 30-win team. Like, it's just not going to happen. The defensive metrics won't be there. People will call that shit out, even if he puts up 80 points. And that's not even like that insane anymore. Like we're McCarr's going to be doing that every year for the rest of the next 10. But yeah. it's a Norris level. Sure. You put compare what he does this year or what he's done on pace to do over the last 20 winners. He probably wins it a handful of times for sure. And he looks really good. He's the only reason to watch that team right now there's other players that are fun and exciting but they're none of them are doing shit 
He's the only one that's been fun to watch. Couture has been okay. Hurdles has been shit. Meyer's been even worse. Like those are good players, but they're not doing anything. And he's making that team like fun to watch. So, and he's scoring nice goals too. They're not off defenders' legs. He's wiring shots top corner. He's yeah. carrying the puck around. It's fun to watch. It's really fun to watch. And depending on if they want to hold on some cap, like might be worth it for a team to pick him up at the deadline. Yeah, if he's keeping this up, like contender if any like florida ekblad's on ltir if like if he goes down for a long term and has any setbacks in his rehab you don't you think maybe florida might call him up and be like hey if you retain half a salary well uh or i guess i don't know half his salary because carlson's got the the way i see a trade happening there is it's got to be for a bad contract back yeah that's how it's got to be like we can't just eat five fucking million for several years like that's stupid but if a team like Dallas wants to move a Jamie Ben, if a team like the Canucks wants to move an OEL and get an upgrade, Please. like those Please. are the ways, those are the ways to move him. But he's going to control day. where he goes. So, yeah, I don't know. I like I like I'm saying he's making that team fun for me to watch, but I want him gone because like he looks really good and he deserves to be playing some meaningful hockey. He's barely got to do it in his entire career. He got one conference final run with us and he got one with Ottawa, but like. It's just sad to watch him lead the team in every single aspect, every game, and get nothing for it. No, an all-time good... NHL great, like doesn't what deserve do... to fizzle out like this. What do you think happens with the rest of the roster um, for the rest of the season? Because they came out and said that everyone's available for trade except Hurdle. So well, what do you think happens with like the Friedman or someone said that they haven't said shit about that. Um, I believe that there, any bad team's gonna like that's just like the most bland statement i've ever heard of course they're going to be willing to trade players now i don't think they're shopping them though um, i think they said they're listening to trades i think that's what it uh, yeah i didn't said. see anything from the organization though i just heard it was reported that they're listening no one's really gm never came out and said that like publicly or anything it's not often um, that happens though a lot of it's like insider reporting on teams what? it's not it's not it's not common for gms to come out and say, hey, yeah, we're listening to Trace, because that would just like kind of ruin morale. It's more like insiders that say, like, yeah, hey, I just think that's a given. Of course, they're listening to trades. If a bad team's not listening to trades, what the fuck are you even doing? Um, but I think that Timo Meyer probably goes at some point. He's a he's a UFA somewhere. Is he U- no, he's an RFA, but he's in the last year of his deal here. Ooh. Oh, is that on me? Yeah, there's be some pretty decent moves. I think Jeff froze. Oh, but he's back now. Yeah, yeah you guys froze on my end. I was like, I was like oh <laughs> shit, is that? I was uh, I saw Scott freeze, and then I was like about to ask Kate, and I was like, oh, Scott's gone. And then I saw that you were frozen. I was like, oh, it's just me. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you got everything Scott basically just said, or else it's kind of fucking lost in thin air there, but. I think I uh, I came back and like you were talking, so I don't know how much of Scott's I missed, but I was mostly just saying I think Timo Meyer goes at some point this season. Yeah, I think you cut out when you're talking about uh, Meyer being on his last the last year of his deal. Yeah, so he's gonna go somewhere I think because he's 
the player they can get the most for. We got some young up up and coming wingers in you know Bordeaux, Eklund, depending where they want to play them. Sucks to lose like a 26 year old piece, but might be able to get a decent pick and a decent prospect for them. So the window is not going to be open, in, you know, for another five years anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Hayden, did you chime in on any of this? I kind of missed like whatever you said because of me being frozen. But... No, I was basically almost just in my head. I was just kind of agreeing with everything, especially about the uh, the take where it's like if you're a bad team and you're not listening to offers about certain people, you're doing it wrong. Yeah, and people you can sell high on, like Carlson. You know, he he has had down years, and now he's actually kind of playing back to what he was. You know, it's like he is making San Jose fun, and it's not just the ret- reverse retro jerseys that are fun. So, <laughs> those uh, those all teal jerseys are they're pretty nice. I like them. I like them too. They get some hate for being too teal, but the white the whites are the better ones. The whites look damn good with the teal pants. I love San Jose jerseys. I was Always down have. on them, but now I'm back on the wagon for them. I saw them in person. And I was like, "Hey, no, these are gas." I've I fuck with these a lot. But yeah, let's sick. uh let's uh keep this moving here. Is there a goalie controversy in Edmonton here? Stuart Skinner leads the league in save percentage. He has a 955. He's playing out of his mind right now, and Jack Campbell just hasn't lived up to his five million year contract. Still not completely counting him out because he's shown that he can play at a high level. But is there a goalie controversy in Edmonton right now? Whoever had the floor is open. <laughs> I I personally don't think there's goalie controversy. Uh Skinner, yeah, he's been playing. Pretty uh pretty lights out, but here actually I had I had this hold on. This if they're great. going based off mustache, Skinner's won that job by a mile. Oh, that, that's a mustache. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> uh, here hold on. Wasn't oh no, he wasn't in this one. Okay, never mind. My points just messed up. He did take down the flames though, which is very very impressive. Uh, only giving up two goals and saving 42 shots. Um, but, uh, oh, no, that was Campbell, too. Fuck. You know what? Maybe there is controversy. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the two games that uh, that he played was the 0-2 Blues and the, uh, and the Blackhawks. We let in so many, but it wasn't. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then Campbell obviously played uh, with the Penguins. But, Fuck man, no Skinner is is good, and Campbell is good too. Maybe they're looking at like a two way two B sort of situation, is how I'd kind of view it. But I don't know. You gave Campbell all this money, you know. You probably got to let him play a little bit. And if a night just gets bad, then you know you might have a chance with throwing Skinner in there and then being like, oh, maybe if we score a couple, we can get it back. But who knows? Yeah. They can, they're not in the position to wait around on that though. Like their team's good enough. If Campbell struggles and Stuart Skinner keeps doing it, you gotta play him. It's not like this is a Demko Martin situation where they've developed Demko. He's gonna be the goalie of the future. Like Campbell hasn't proven shit there. He's never done anything for that team ever. So if it's gonna hinder them on making the playoffs or winning a cup, you have to put Skinner in. Yeah, that's true. But he, okay, this is one though. They 
I know Buffalo at a time yeah. was just or is running hot, but he did lose to Buffalo. But like I I do agree with Scott that he's at this point when you're contending like Edmonton and you don't want to waste any more of like McDavid and Dreisaitl, you just gotta ride the hot hand and put yourself in the best position standings wise to I don't know, just even help yourself ride hot into the playoffs. Like, whatever's going to help you do that. If Skinner has an off night, then you shouldn't have a problem going to Campbell. Now it's like this is a good position you want to be in because you know Campbell's capabilities of being a decent goalie. So it's like you shouldn't have to worry about putting him in. And now you have, like, a really good backup that you can go to um, at all times. So I think this is a good position to be in, but ride the hot hand. I'm kind of with Scott on that. Uh, Coyotes debuted the Mullet Arena, uh, the five thousand seat stadium. Have you guys seen the dressing rooms? <laughs> <laughs> dressing rooms, or uh, what we would call the oh my god, what is it called? Uh, ball hockey special, you know? Yeah, that, those are for the visitors. But I honestly think I'd rather dress in the visitor dressing room than the fucking home one. Did you see the home dressing room? I haven't rooms? seen the home. I thought that was all of it, them. It looks like a fucking dressing room in Port Moody, Iraq. That's what? like... <laughs> what was, a, this, what was this one called? It's literally just in the arena itself, and it looks like super run down, super tight. It's search up uh, Mullet Arena or Arizona Coyotes home dressing room. Oh, yeah. Room. It come, it, as soon as I search up M-U-L, it says Mullet yeah. Arena. It looks terrible, but Scott, did you check yeah, out these trash. dressing rooms? It's, it's no good, but I mean, does that team really deserve a better room? Let them earn it first. Jesus yeah, Christ. no, it's 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 just tough, and it's like they're going up on a like very long road trip, so they're the road trip is used to build the dressing rooms for um, the arena at ASU. But I just thought those are hilarious, and my God. Uh, Last question here. What are your guys' thoughts on the digital boards? I, you know, I haven't thought about it too much. Everyone's been blowing that shit up all year about how, you know, how much it sucks. It doesn't seem to have affected the players at all. Maybe annoying to our eye a bit. I really don't even have a thought on it. I don't think it's as bad as everyone says it is. And if if we're hearing, we're seeing players like miss pucks on boards and hearing players bitch about how that screwed them up on a play, then we got a serious issue here. Other than that, I really don't care. Yeah, it's it's kind of unpleasing to the eye, especially when, like I saw actually, I think I was watching an Edmonton game and literally, I can't remember if it was an Edmonton player or someone who they're going up against, but the board glitched out and the player literally just wasn't there. And I saw the stick just moving the puck. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Right yeah. now? And then I realized I'm like, oh yeah, these fucking boards. I thought it was my TV at first, but yeah, like, ah, man, I yeah. get it. Like you need to make money for ads and stuff like that. Come on, man. This is, this is garbage sports net. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of them, fan of them just because they're kind of distracting. Like there's a car driving by a, like he was running the point on the PP and stuff like that. And there's a puck battle <laughs> and there's just a car that comes out from a skirmish and everything. And I'm just like, it throws me off a little bit, but I understand with like ad revenue and stuff like that, you can fit more ads on like a slideshow and stuff like that. Exactly. It makes a bit more can... sense, but I don't 
think they bring it back next year. I think this is like kind of like a one year test it out, see how it is, and then I think they're gonna gas it next year. But I don't know. We'll see. But that's all we'll I got for hockey. Um, lots of hockey to play. Exciting week up ahead. Um, but Hayden, I'll toss it to you for some NFL news and uh, some scores, Beauty. And like that. Beauty. All right. Um, quick, quickly before the NFL, CFL regular season is done. Playoffs are set. Like we already knew, the Lions will be hosting the Stampeders uh, this Sunday. Bought my tickets, guys. I'm ready to go and have a fucking time and a half. Nice. Drinking starts early. <laughs> I would have went if it was Saturday. Oh yeah, you're not uh, doing any. Are you doing something on Sunday? I'm just too NFL, too too in love with the NFL. I'm not missing a day of NFL. See, football. that's the thing. I have my phone. I got the zone when it's halftime. I just put on the fucking phone. You know. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. I feel like a bad Canadian for thinking that, but see, I would too. But at the same <laughs> time, I got fantasy teams. You know, people got to realize I, I'm more than just a CFL and NFL kind of guy. Yeah, <laughs> you can go both well, ways. That's it's exciting, though, man. Nathan, that Nathan Rourke got me more excited about CFL than I've been in 15 years. And that's what's putting ass in seats. Like, we've all they've already sold out the lower bowl. Yeah, like, cool they've opened up the first 16 rows of the upper bowl on either side, but not end zones. Like, people are actually, ex- and hopefully, this carries over into next year because, man, oh man, that stadium sits like 60,000. And they're only getting in like an average, I think, of like fourteen thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like per game, like it's terrible. Yeah, absolutely terrible. Ono Rourke might be fucking needed in Indy. Honestly, <laughs> dude, if he didn't break that foot, he probably he goes to camp somewhere for sure. It probably he's, gets cut. He's but still he goes to camp. going. He's still gonna get an NFL tryout. Like the team is all. BC has already said Vernon Adams is more likely to start next year for the Lions than Rourke. Just because of NFL opportunities, but man, if he if Rourke goes, BC could sell his contract for like a premium because the chances of a CFL player making it to the NFL probably not going to happen. A, a freaking Canadian quarterback, actual yeah. Canadian, like that. I, there's been like a couple in NFL history, like maybe one or two that have done like absolutely nothing ever. There's there's guys in the CFL that have been damn good, like Warren Moon and Jeff Garcia, like legit. Flutie. Or, uh, yeah, Flutie, but not Canadians, not actual Canadian players. So that's yeah. cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah. No, it definitely is just seeing uh obviously for the CFL rosters, um it makes it so much better when you have a Canadian quarterback because you need to have a certain ratio. Yeah. of Canadian to American. So having a great quarterback uh that's Canadian is pretty pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Makes not it a lot easier. No, not complaining. not complaining whatsoever. And I'm I'm looking at great Canadian NFL quarterbacks and let me tell you this this is not a long list. <laughs> there shouldn't be a list that starts with great. <laughs> no, fuck. Uh it's a it's a list. Ooh. <laughs> I think there's only like a couple that I've ever played. It's a couple Hold bullet on. points. Uh, Mark Rippian. Okay, yeah, he's a Washington dude. Uh, yeah, he played 14 seasons in the was... NFL. He played at Washington State and was drafted by the Redskins in the sixth round 
of the 86 NFL draft. He was the first Canadian-born quarterback to both start in the NFL and be named Super Bowl MVP doing so. So, again, though, I don't think he – and I don't know Rourke's story, but I don't think he, like, grew up in Canada. And, like, that's fine. Like, there's a bunch of those, right? Like – he was born in Victoria. I thought he was like north. Of the, no, I'm thinking of Bedard. Like, uh, like Nikhil Harry's a Canadian NFL player. He lived here for like three years. Like, and same thing with like Javon Holland. Like, that's cool, and we'll take it. But it, to me, that doesn't really count unless like like Chuba Hubbard played all his high school football in Sherwood Park, which is insane. Yeah, before Chase, Chase Claypool too. Oh yeah, yeah, you, yeah, most of most of these dudes, even basketball players, leave by like high school, which I think count, still counts because they were developed oh, here. Counts. But the ones that are only here for like two I, years and then go to the states, like I really don't count those ones. And I don't know Ripian's full story, but those ones I don't really count my, personally. I think Rourke was like a high school situation. Like you probably saw like better. And high that's school. fine. You need to go play in these like prep schools and get yourself noticed and stuff. Yeah. Like he uh, he was born in Victoria, grew up in Oakville. He played minor football for the Burlington Stampeders before playing for three years at Holy Trinity uh, Catholic Secondary School in Oakville, Ontario. He transferred to Edgewood Academy in Elmore, Alabama for his senior season of high school football. Yeah, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah so I, I'd still give him the whole Canadian. That one for sure. Yeah, and but I feel like, too, because SFU is the only NCAA school that plays uh, in Canada that plays American. So yeah. I feel like if he stayed in BC, probably could have gone to SFU. Probably wouldn't have had a better shot. So it's cool to see that he went to Ohio, was drafted by his home province in the uh, 2019 or 2020 draft. But yeah, no, like like I was saying, he's putting ass in seats. He's making people of BC and Vancouver excited. He would have been if, he would have been unanimous MOP this year if oh, he didn't get hurt. Unanimous On that MOP. Base, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I was telling this, I don't know if you heard the stats, Scott, or uh, listened, but like it oh it was only like a handful of weeks ago where the uh the people who were chasing Rourke for passing touchdowns and passing yards only beat him probably like four or five weeks after he was injured. Yeah, that's pretty sick. I <laughs> like, didn't hear that. Absolutely, absolutely crazy. Breaking left uh, records left and right. And he's actually up for uh, Canadian of the Year, which I think he should win it unanimously because he's just insane. Absolutely insane. (laughs) I'm looking at Ripian. Ripian left Canada when he was three. So Rourke's already a better Canadian quarterback than him, in my opinion. There we go. (laughs) I, I agree. I agree as well. But like in terms of like pound for pound, like I think Rourke has just been unbelievable. Like, yeah, CFL isn't the best, but in terms of being the best at what you're doing right now, like the level of play that you're at, Rourke's he was that been unbelievable. So. Oh yeah, it was like it. It's almost like it was Cam Wake, you know? Yeah, or just kind of, yeah. kind of has that maybe same. Oh, Jeff's gone. <laughs> no, I'm still here. It's just my fucking camera. My camera likes to have a mind of its own oh fair enough but yeah it just kind of has that maybe trajectory where it's like maybe spends one or two seasons in the cfl starts turning some heads at some nfl camps and it says hey come in and the next thing you know he's putting up like decent numbers (laughs) we're watching two two xfl qbs got wins this week yeah so yeah and with with that you know what the last couple weeks 
CFL talk done. Let's move into the NFL because, yeah, like Scott was saying, two XFX, XFL QBs. Uh, Say X one more time, Derek. X, they, Jesus Christ. <laughs> they didn't get the win, though, because they're freaking. Should have got the win. Absolute below it. But you know what? DJ Moore let's, sold. Let's let's get into this. Uh, Tom Brady, divorced. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't I like. Could you imagine playing a game and then the next day getting a divorce? <laughs> and then losing again after? Yeah. Like oh, oh he's down. God. He's down for sure. Yeah. yeah, this this is this is just L City for Tom Brady right now. Uh I know the score says 27-22, but uh the Ravens for like the last quarter and a half had a pretty good chokehold on the Bucks. The Bucks running game looks like ass. Brady can't hit um anyone mike evans can't catch a ball like something's off and i just i just don't get it I, I was, bowls, man. yeah but like uh, i'm I, I really related this to dennis allen and todd bowles they're great at being a coordinator but when they're put yes. in at like head coach like what changes it's and, weird man like honestly i don't think just having a different guy at the helm like because arians is still involved i don't i really don't oh. think that is the reason but T- todd bowles was so bad in new york and now this team sucks like it's hard not to just be like you know from an outside perspective be like it's his fault yeah they're putting two two together now at this point but yeah, it's like and- i feel like a lot of tampa bay's like deficiencies is going way more than just like coaching and schemes it's just like brady is missing a lot of throws some guys just aren't. Evans looks like, completely broken. Yeah, like yeah. That's his deal. Evans dropped like such an out of touchdown. out of character drop. Like you never see him do this shit, and it was just like clear he could have like crawled on his hands to the end zone. Like, he had over ten yards of separation on that one route that he ran against the Steelers, yeah. and like it was like, a it was a perfectly placed ball. It was just nothing more than Evans getting ahead of him, getting ahead of himself, taking his eye off the ball, and not making the catch. So like yeah, which is it's just like nothing, Michael. nothing's firing right now for Tampa. And it's hard to say anything about the O-line because we knew it was a problem going into the season. Mm-hmm. So you can't really say shit about it now. So yeah. I think it's just but even uh, the defense too, like yeah. Devin White has has missed uh already. I think he's missed a career high in tackles already, and we're not even through halfway, or I guess we are halfway through the season now. And now like, Jarrett's out too. Yeah, and Shaq Barrett is out. Uh, their secondary is kind of looking like on the verge of brink of death. Like Richard Sherman, have you been called yet? I know you're on the panel for Thursday Night Football, but man, put on some cleats and some pads. Let's get you in there. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Which is absolutely shocking. But uh, yeah, absolute. It wasn't a stinker of a Thursday night. 49 points. But the first half was pretty fucking bad 10 to 3 i think it ended as a, at the half Oof. Yeah. yeah the ravens played like shit but then they woke up yeah and then so. Kenyon drake decided to be like yeah this is my backfield now <laughs> yeah uh and then we have uh london uh man the jags man travis at the end awesome to see that you're like a uh, surefire you, you were the best selection uh two years ago in the first round for the Jags. <laughs> yeah man that whole quarterback class is not looking great right no. now. 
Did you see the interception he threw, Joe, to Justin Simmons? Uh, no, I didn't catch many highlights of the <laughs> London game. Was it was dude, it pretty bad, dude? Like Lawrence was looking straight into the end zone. He was like, it was a um, it was running to off to the right. It was just a clear play design, run off to the right. If nothing's there, don't throw it. Don't force anything. He saw, I don't know who he saw in the back of the end zone, but he didn't see Justin Simmons about five yards in front of him and just was like, you know what? I don't see Simmons. I'm going to throw it to my guy. And Simmons was like, yeah, I'm actually here. And just intercepted the ball. And I was like, you're at like the two yard line. Why aren't you guys running it? And I don't know, man. Broncos. Oh, you could even see the reporters are getting so cringed out about Russell Wilson now saying, let's ride. It's just embarrassing. Oh, man, that late, that woman's reporters like that. Her face was <laughs> fucking laugh out loud funny. She was like, oh, my God, that's yeah, so close to not hearing it. Up. <laughs> She's like and trying the, to pull the mic away. Or you just hear it in the distance. That's right. <laughs> Fuck. She just says it so quick. Scott, how do you, how do you feel about the Broncos, man? I know when we were there's talking, not a team I'd less want to be a fan of <laughs> in all pro sports. You want like to be a Broncos fan would be the worst possible fucking thing in all sports fan right now. Dude, there's like... no draft picks. Their quarterback's probably a serial killer. Like <laughs> he's the weirdest guy in the world, and he sucks. I, I like... have a I watch football with a guy every week who's a Broncos fan, and he was so excited for this year. And they are so bad, and Russ is just the weirdest fucking guy in the world. Like <laughs> so weird, man. Like, like the I only had... thing worse than being a Broncos fan would be being Russell Wilson's teammate. Like, oh, <laughs> that meme of Melvin Gordon looking, looking at him, like, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? No, I, I just Jerry, Judy, KJ Hamler. They're just, you know, when Russ missed that wide open slant against Indy, um, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. And KJ ha- and KJ Hamler was spat like slamming his helmet in the end zone, and then Jerry Judy's going off on him on the sidelines as well, and that Melvin Gordon meme as well. So funny. And then yeah, Russ is saying he was doing high knees on in the middle of a yeah, flight. Yeah, calisthenics on the flight, man. <laughs> when everyone's sleeping, go to bed, you fuck. Then they got Nathaniel Hackett too. He's like the worst oh. coach. Since Urban Meyer, I know that's only a year ago, but fuck, they both look terrible. Dude, Jesus, he looks so bad. I think the only one like that like separates them is that I, I mean, I don't think Hackett stuck his finger down a girl's bh yet, but uh, and he hasn't <laughs> and he hasn't kicked any of his players. I think that's the only two two things separating them as coaches because they haven't done shit. I feel like I'd want. I feel like I'd want. No, I, I can't say I'd want Urban Meyer more than Hackett, no. but like at least ha- at least Meyer had some balls. Like I feel like Net- I feel like Hackett just doesn't have any balls at all. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's just yeah. an experiment that just backfired a lot. Absolutely. And, and I heard this good point, Hayden. I brought it up last week. Like, um, Hack they hired Hackett hoping to get Rogers, and they didn't get Rogers, so then they got Wilson. I think. Yeah. It was more of a let's just get Hackett to try and entice Rogers to come here, and maybe that just enticed Rogers to stay in Green Bay more. Looking at this <laughs> performance, so. yeah, it's it's pretty it's a pretty big fucking tragedy. Yeah, all around. Uh, we're going down the list. 
I'll I'll rattle off some of like the uh like the stinker games. Commanders uh beat the Colts on a last minute, last second play, basically. Uh that Terry McLaurin Moss was fire. Yeah, that I mean that's that was unbelievable. Those teams both are just so shitty. Like they're so boring. There's nothing exciting about them except for that drive, really. Nothing. Yeah. Literally up until that drive, nothing was enticing about that game at all. The Colts uh, and Broncos are the biggest letdowns in the entire season. I thought like 100%. I didn't think Bron- I thought Broncos were the bottom of that division, mostly because the division's good, but I didn't think they'd be this bad to watch. <laughs> and the Colts I thought were good, like legitimately good. So yeah, yeah. Sam. Yeah, I I remember uh, our preseason predictions. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, I got I was looking at it. I got fucking. I only got three division winners right now. Not I don't think any of us have one in the NFC. They're all like. Completely I have off. Minnesota. I have okay. Minnesota. Let's okay, go. I, I had them second, and yeah, and then I said the Eagles. I said the Eagles. You had them too. winning it. Damn. Yeah. Okay. I had them. Well, at least I had them both as playoff teams. So very but, true. Yeah, yeah, the Rams make us look dumb. Oh yeah, I, I want to see what I. Uh, I'm searching. Yeah, I turn, I turn I'll, I'll keep talking. But yeah, uh, you, know, you keep talking. Titans. Uh, fun stat. I think this is Derrick Henry's fifth time in a row he's rushed for over 200 yards against the Texans. That is insane. I th- <laughs> it's I th- in five in games sure. he has a thousand yards. Yo, I <laughs> saw a thing over an 18 or 17 week season of playing the Texans every game. He would have 3,800 <laughs> rushing yards and 38 touchdowns. <laughs> Dude, he's absolutely insane, man. I so, saw a guy online on the weekend, $10 parlay, won 25 grand. And he had Kamara, two touchdowns, AJ Brown, two touchdowns, Jalen Waddle, two touchdowns, and Derrick Henry, two touchdowns. Wow. So the first three had already cashed, and he could have pulled out three grand to wait on Derek Han- without Derek Henry doing anything. I would have let it ride with Derek. Let Henry. it ride twenty five yeah. G's off ten bucks. That's like that's that's the one I wish for every single <laughs> fucking week, but it never hits. God damn it! Imagine sweating that one out though, watching that game. Like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think I think Scott here has. Don't talk about the Raiders. No, yeah. I think. No, I think you have three or four division winners. I can't remember some of the uh, standings, but you have. I think I got three. I got three in the. Uh, I got three in the AFC. Other than okay, the Colts. Then, then you definitely have four. Then, um, like Cowboys, you got you got the Bills, Packers, Ravens, Rams. No, I got three because I had Cowboys, uh, Rams, Packers, and Bucks. Yeah, you're so. over four on the NFC. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have three, then yeah. And then I had Colts, but Bucks probably still win that one. Probably. <laughs> so we'll go four for eight. Maybe there's there's an outside chance for uh, the Packers Dallas. still too. So we'll see what's up there. But Green Bay doesn't look like they're coming back. No. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah. Oh fuck! That, like, I love these conversations. Just how random this shit is. Uh, Seahawks. Uh, Trump the Giants. Uh man, Danny Dimes worst game easily, and it was against the easiest defense. I, On two I just... of my fantasy teams. <laughs> like I, I don't, so... I don't get it. And Geno Smith, man, Geno Smith is yeah. cooking. 
Yo, top three MVP right now. I'll say it right now. Seahawks aren't <laughs> shit without that guy. And he's just it's, playing. He's... It's Allen, Mahomes, and Geno. <laughs> he's tucking away that letter that they wrote off on him. You know, he just he, he ain't right back yet. I'm I'm ready for it to blow up in their face, but at the same time, uh it's the, the Stewart person Stuart Skinner Edmonton Oilers thing. Just ride the hot hand, baby. Just ride don't... it, yeah. They're, the Seattle Seahawks right now are the Buffalo Sabers. They're they're just having the most fun right now. Like you, you hear Ian every single and week. And you got some our, fun prospects. To yeah, they got picks to. too. They you got, got the, the Broncos picks. Picks galore, and they're it's just a fun week every week. It's just like, yeah, man. Like if because if you lose, people are like, all right, we kind of expected this. But if you win, it's like, let's go. And but even if they lose, they lose at like scoring almost thirty plus points a game. Yeah, like it's insane. Yeah, they're putting up yeah. points right now. So yeah, it's it's awesome to see. Yeah, I'm awesome. on board. I've always hated the Seahawks just because their fans have been loud for a decade, and I have to hear it a lot. But <laughs> I'm fully on board with them. Like they're fun as hell watching Gino succeed. Nobody saw this coming. It's cool stuff. Yeah, I fucking yeah. hate it. I picked them, I picked them to win three games this year. Three. I got five I, halfway. I was the optimist towards Ian. I was saying I think those Seahawks could win five games. And could win like, five. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You threw optimist hey. in the same sentence. Hey, hey, who's closer to five? I, I feel a lot more confident they're going to get five wins than three, okay? That's just me. Yeah, and like, if we see them win six games all year, though, too, are we going to be surprised? Probably not. Probably but not. They're, they're looking good. Like They do it every week, every single week, so. Yeah, and uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf have fully ridden off the Russell Wilson uh, train and said, yeah, okay, Gino, let's go. <laughs> you see that pretty sick uh, DK Metcalf like fake fade oh, on the Kenneth Walker fade? run? That, that was, was really, so sick. That was a high IQ play as well. Like, Seahawks are just they're running on a high right now, and they have no plans on stopping. They are. Uh, so. The Dolphins uh, almost lost to the Lions, but... Then they just decided to play football again. Yeah. Which is really good. Uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill are, I saw like a, what they would be compared to is like a candy and it was like a Twix bar. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much the yeah. same where they're both great. Tyreek Hill is going to have the most absurd season. He's going to have like 1,900 receiving yards and like two touchdowns. It's like, literally, yeah, what? literally going <laughs> to, but he's still going to be so fantasy relevant. Every game, too. Oh, he is. He's in my points for first down team, and he's unreal. Yeah. It's like, oh, he didn't score a touchdown. Oh, he still got me 23 points. Yeah. It's like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> they, they, look, they look good. They yeah. made good moves today, too, so. They did. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, if we if we speed through, I, I'll definitely try and get through the trades, obviously, because that's a big part. Um, Falcons don't falcon it. Um, the Panthers falconed it. I, I love that tweet from PFT, Jeff. I don't know if you saw it, but it's like uh, top two teams that being the Falcons. <laughs> number one, Panthers. Number two, Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All I can say is, Eddie Pinheiro, you had two chances to win this game. Uh, no one should be blaming it on DJ Moore. The guy is the fucking biggest set of nuts on him. But also, was, like, he fucking sold, too. Like, he knows that you can't take off your helmet and... 10 People yards is 10. Saying yeah. it shouldn't even I don't care. Penalty. I don't care because he got a second chance that was even closer. That's what I. Uh, that's like, what that's, I'm like getting that too. Yeah, but also it's like. Yeah, it's a bad. We, it's we a bad did. Penalty. We 
you don't know that that second chance is coming. So that's why no, it was bad in the moment. Matter. He got the chance and he fucking blew that no, one too. No, one thousand percent. Like he'll be looking for a new job. If and I didn't see Monero make the fucking hail mary catch either. DJ Moore did his job more than enough. Making no, one thousand percent. And PJ Walker might have had definitely has to throw of the year. I went sixty-two air yards. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> and you he was mo- running back shoulder too. Yeah, Mahomes gave him his flowers too. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been Amazing. a DJ Moore guy for a while. I watched XFL that last go around, and I, he was my guy. PJ oh, Walker, yeah. yeah. Walker. I probably watched like three or four games, but still, I was loving that guy. Yeah, no, he's he's good. He was like the he was in the running for MVP of. He the, was uh, he was the XFL. best. Man. He was dominating that league. He was figuring XFL Mahomes. That was great to see. He's an electric the, factory. The Battle of Pennsylvania goes to the Eagles, who are now seven and zero. Oh. Uh, they look, like I said, I, I was so high on them in the year and I still am. They could literally go 17 and oh, like their schedule. I know they're going to have an upset. They will have an upset somewhere along the line, but they're a fucking great team. AJ Brown, uh, definitely is a, a key addition to their team. Uh, and Miles Sanders looking great. Jalen Hurts. I Proven. think that I think that was one of his better games of the year, like throwing the ball easily, easily like, the best game in like his, those uh, pocket passing career. I mean, like the first touchdown pass to AJ Brown, I think he did more than Hurts because he kind of mossed the double coverage. Two, yeah, two it wasn't a smart throw. Like I don't know what Hurts was seeing. He may have saw him <laughs> open for a split second, but like I think AJ Brown did more on that. But like those two back shoulder plays in the corner of the end zone, like those were dimes and he put, the, he put the ball only where aj brown could get it and it was it impressed me a lot so it's good to see yeah. him like improving that area of his game because we all know what he can do with his legs and mm-hmm. i mean hayden like me and you we both talked about like jalen hurts man we know what you can do on the ground like let's start throwing the ball a bit more and he's kind of showing us like um what he can do now in the air as well it's it's amazing to see eagles fans yeah. got to be super happy yeah, they look great. They're great all all over the place, you know. All over, yeah, literally, like they're special every teams. aspect of the team. Yeah, special teams even is like no joke to look at. So they just don't, like you said, they don't play anybody. So they might be in for a shocker in the playoffs. But is there anybody in the NFC outside maybe the friggin' Niners? Like everybody sucks in the entire conference. There's there has gonna, to be. Teams if you're gonna that say they have rise. to beat Kirk Cousins in the playoffs, that's not like this <laughs> crazy scary task. You that's know? equivalent to prime time games. There yeah. there will be teams that will upset the Eagles, like which will be good for them. Yeah, Let the Chiefs and Bills play the Super Bowl right now. Leave the NFC alone. Yeah, I think the Eagles. I think it benefit them. Like drop the perfect record. I think it's. They need yeah. a tough loss to be like, all right, let's let's get let's, back on track. We I don't have, we don't have to worry about the perfect zero in the loss column. Like we can drop that now. We need to get ready. We need to know what it takes to like. We need to be pissed off. We need to have a trip on our shoulder. Exactly. They can't be so. riding into the playoffs like literally. They could clinch the playoffs in five weeks. Yeah. You know, but they still need to. They can't. They can't overthink it. And that's usually what teams do. Now, like, don't but, play down to your opponent. Like, don't do that yeah. shit. But if you just lose in like a f- game that could have gone way. both, like in a game that could have gone both ways or something, like, 
like don't play down at all but if like they take a loss and i think it's more good for them than bad yeah exactly uh 49ers beat the rams again for like the seventh straight time in the regular season it's just like almost betting kyle shanahan to beat mcveigh in the regular season is like free money mccaffrey probably like the the 49ers aren't looking back after they sent four picks to the to the panthers you know what was it was it the first player in super bowl era to have Oh, sorry. since Ladainian Thompson, yeah, because yeah. he had like over thirty pass yards, rush yards, and yeah, uh, he might be in that. Yards, Thompson yeah, he might be three in that TDs. Sense, yeah. and you the, don't see running backs from thirty yard tuds often; they're usually short ones. Yeah, it's so. like yeah, he had a thirty yard passing touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown and thirty uh, ninety yards on the ground or something like that, and then over. 30 over. yards receiving with a touchdown. Yeah, the in that aspect, that. I'm pretty sure he's the first player, but he's the first player since LT to throw, catch, and uh, rush for one. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome to see. Yeah, that's cool. Probably could have seen that happening miles away because yeah. he's so good, and now he's on a great team. It's awesome to see. Yeah. Um, The Vikings beat the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins. Or Kyler Murray, who would you want rest of the season? Kirk Cousins. <laughs> no, they just keep winning games, man. They the just Vikings, keep winning games. I don't yeah. think they're that good of a team, but I always thought they were a playoff team. I just, you know, I thought these Packers, Bucks, you know, real quarterback teams were better. <laughs> yeah, these guys are dead. At, at what point, though? Like, are we gonna start actually looking at Kirk Cousins and this Vikings team who wins he's close got, games? To me, he's got to show up in the NFC Championship for me to like. And that that could be this year. You and never he know. Just, he has a fucking given an actual like NFL performance on prime time because like that's equivalent to a playoff game. And if you're putting in those fucking primetime performances, it's not gonna cut it. You're gonna have to rely on another bad performance on the other half of the field. Yeah. Right. From your opponents. Like you can't be you have to turn in good games when it comes to prime time and like when all the eyes are on you. The Sunday one twenty five games are or one oh five or like the ten AM like, ones where like no one's paying attention. It's like yeah, you put in a good performance, sick, but like show me yeah. a good performance when like everyone's watching. No, you're you're definitely right. I think we'll see that this year. I don't I don't know their Viking schedule exactly, but I, I don't know. I feel like this year is kind of different. You know, Justin Jefferson's looking great. Adam Thielen's looking great. And Dalvin Cook is cooking, you know. Even I just don't see how they beat, a, they beat a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, don't I, don't yeah. I, I don't either. I don't either. But I definitely see them kind of building from that. I could see them going just like Goff went to one and just like Jimmy went to one. Both of them had a team. But Good. neither of them won it, and they're both still technically nobodies because of it. Yeah, like, that's fair. Kirk probably is a level above those two, though. I would so. say so, just because of his his efficiency and his touchdown to interception ratio. He's very, very clean with the ball. Like he doesn't throw a lot of picks, which it's a plus. <laughs> yeah. Um. Before we get into the Sunday night and Monday night games, uh, your your guys as Pats. Yeah. Uh, on a week where not a lot of people bet on the Pats, a lot of people push for the Jets just because of how good they've been playing. But Bill Belichick hasn't lost to the Jets in like six years. 
seven years, something like that. So yeah, it's 13 straight. That's fucking insane. <laughs> well, I mean, fuck. How many other teams would have beat the Jets that many times in a row, too? Yeah, um, right. But that win, that win sucked. Uh we've got the win, sure. But quarterback play didn't look great. Offensive line didn't look great. It didn't feel uh didn't instill any confidence in me. No. Um, don't see it's, it's I said this earlier. They're the same team as last year. They beat bad teams, they lose to good teams. The shitty thing is we don't see any quarterback development yet. Like that's what we're wanted this year. Mate, see mm-hmm. a jump in that position. And now I went from being like, he's the guy, he's gonna get it done, to I don't know, I don't think we have a guy now. So yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Yeah, like still said, time. I know what you mean. Still time. He's been injured and the offense has been a work in progress in most of his games. But man, at halfway point through the second year, your quarterback looking worse than he did as a rookie doesn't feel good. We also have fucking Patricia calling our offense too. I'm sure that doesn't really help Mac Jones in any sort of aspect. I think that's like when we're beating the saying. shit out of the Browns and Lions, no one's fucking saying shit about that. Like I, I still think it's something that's not good for the like stretch of Mac's career. Like if you want him to develop, you got to get him a guy that's going to stick around. You see guys who have four co- offense coordinators in the first four years of their career, and they can't get shit going. Like Herbert. Well, who says he's like, not going to stick around, though? Like, who says we're just bringing in a new OC next year? I mean... Oh, but, like, when you have a defensive guy running the offense, it's not... You don't really have the trust of Mac Jones and you're running the ball on second and 16. Like, you need to mix up the offense a little bit. I think we're just getting a little bit too predictable, which isn't helping anything, right? And I think it's, like, setting us back and setting Max development back. And mind you, our offensive line hasn't been the greatest either. And Mac Jones, he's... I mean, he's at the end of the day, Josh McDaniels is back next year anyway. So we're right <laughs> back to where we were. So it's fine. That's fair. That's a good point. But I... Yeah, but like I agree with you. Like our QB development hasn't progressed anything, but I, don't, I also don't think we've put him in the best position to develop at all. So well, there's not they're not getting any fucking playmakers. I don't know where they're getting one because there's no free agent receivers next year. I want to see a trade for Terry McLaurin, but who knows? Yeah. Good. Uh, next game, my Saints absolutely mollywop the Raiders. Uh. Obviously, the Raiders are not a good team. Uh, they are two and five, but the Raiders have a very good offense. Uh, no Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, the Raiders. The, the Raiders. Devontae Adams past, has like three games under forty yards. But the Raiders' offense has put up at least twenty-four points. Uh, in. Um, okay, 23 points in one other game every game this season except for New Orleans. Devontae Adams was shut out. Josh Jacobs was sh- basically shut out. 10 rushes, 43 yards. Now, and then like I was saying, there's no Marshawn Lattimore. So who was he going up against? He was going up against a second year and a rookie. Alante Taylor, like, uh, obviously, he's gotten nothing because he's a second-round pick. That guy, whew, he shut down Adams so, so hard. And I couldn't be more overjoyed. This is the type of win for me as a fan to be like, maybe I'm back on this train. <laughs> the it's NFC South, shut out. 
Oh, yeah. And the NFC South is so shit. It's like if this is the game, if this is the TSN turning point for a season, this is that game. Yeah. You know, like it was last week where Alvin Kamara stepped up and said, we need to get our swagger back. You know, we need to do something. And this could turn it around. I'm not saying it will because I honestly don't think it will. But Alvin Kamara scoring three touchdowns in a game, it's nice to see. It's nice to see. <laughs> as soon as you threw $10 on no touchdown. I had to buy it. It's fine. <laughs> you had to hedge your happiness. That's a win-win. That's a win-win. That's a win-win. Yeah. It's yeah. A win-win. yeah. That's why we did it, Scott. We talked about it before the kickoff. <laughs> he was like, should I do it? I was like, do it because if he scores, you're happy. If he doesn't, you're winning. So yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So that, that, they, you know, they could contend. They gotta get going. They threw a couple games away this year. So they they've yeah. definitely thrown a couple games, which is the sad part. And next week's not gonna be any easier as they're going up against Baltimore, but I feel like just with how they played this game, someone's going to turn around. Yeah. Don't call it yet, but someone could. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, after that, a little happiness. Uh, the Bills beat the Packers like everyone saw coming. Um, if you bet Bills minus 11, you're shitting Brian. yourself because Josh Allen threw that that uh, spread away twice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not his best game, and they still just dominate. It's scary as hell. Like that digs Bill, that digs Allen connection is just it's, it's so, so back. They took it like a, be... they took like a minor, like a year off, kind of like they w- weren't that first year. Stefan, Josh, but like now it's just they're so back. Like they're they incredible. Just... They're incredible. There may be like a like maybe second best AFC East team in the last twenty years. Next yeah. to that 07 Pats team. That's it. Like mm-hmm. they're so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely electric. There's there's not much to say. The, the Packers look like ass. And they didn't go out and try and get anyone to help out Rogers. So I congratulations, got Packers. You've done it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh the Browns somehow beat the Bengals. Like, this is the type of shit that makes this season so fucking random, man. So I don't bet on shit anymore, man. It's so it's impossible no, to see it. This this is terrible. Like is how it? how are the Browns beating the Bengals? The Bengals, like they they didn't let up a, a touchdown in the second half of any game until this game, and they let up two or three in the second half. Like what is this? Is it like a hot take at all to say that Nick Chubb is the front runner for offensive player of the year this year? Not a hot take at all. Nick Chubb looks he's like he he's is man. just he's so good. He's the best pure runner in the NFL. Like it's it, Hayden. I wanted to bring up this, bring this up earlier, but when you're saying like it's free money for Shanahan beating uh, McVay in the regular season, anytime Chubb TD is like as free money as it gets, it's yeah, like almost it minus. It's like minus five thousand. He's gonna find his way into the end zone. Like honestly, he, he's, he's just, just so quiet and he splits with Kamara or uh, with uh, Hunt that you don't hear about him. Like if he was out there, you know, looking like Kamara does or talking like Zeke used to and all this shit, he'd be a way bigger star. Yeah, he's just like he's unbelievable. He's so consistent, so easy to rely on. And, and he doesn't catch I... the ball too. So people yeah. every year think, oh, he's not that great of a bat because he doesn't catch the ball. Yeah, but he gives you a hundred on the ground every single game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Literally. he breaks 50 tackles a game too. 
Yeah, oh, like he's so a, good. It's such like a I'm not even surprised to see like beside a stat line, like, oh, like 23 carries, 110 yards, two touchdowns. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And he can catch the ball. They just they don't want to overwork him and they got another guy yeah. who's great at it. Yeah. yeah. Like if he was in a different offense, he would be Christian three McCaffrey. Down back. Or, yeah. Yeah. Easily a three down back. Like and, and he could withstand that too because yeah. he's so big. <laughs> yeah, he'll have three guys on him and he just keeps the legs moving. He just gets an extra three or four yards. It's like this well, guy like, is a beast. On that run, too. I, I don't know if you guys saw that. Like, I think it was his first touchdown that he got, but it was like five defenders, and he just somehow shifted his way out, ran around, and scored. And it's like, like yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> no one just wants to tackle him the same way no one wants to tackle Derrick Henry. You yeah, know, he's, like they're he's absurd. They have the exact same playing style, except Nick Chubb is like four inches smaller and and they're about the same quickness and i think chubb's a little bit more elusive a lot uh, more hoppier but that's week eight um and then obviously today trade deadline day huge trade deadline day biggest uh biggest um, amount of trades that has ever happened in the last 30 years uh i know we're kind of running on time here so we'll make this quick um Bradley Chubb uh, goes to the Dolphins. Chase Claypool goes to the Bears. TJ Hawkinson goes to the Vikings. Calvin Ridley, who bet on that? Uh, the <laughs> I wanted him. I've been wanting him since the second he got fucking suspended. Oh, dude. Yeah, I thought he would go to a, a better. That's such a classic Pats pickup, so get more. an absolute talent for nothing. And, oh, yeah. I mean, there's and a lot of conditions where it can get up so to a second rounder. So it, it, it could be a. Still a decent yeah. price, even though it doesn't look like one. But that's such a Pat's trade. I thought it was happening. I yeah. thought it was. I thought it would too. Yeah, if he signs an extension, it's a second round pick. Yeah, going back. Uh, Chase Edmonds from the Dolphins to the Broncos. Why? I I I don't know. Well, that um, was a part of the Bradley Chubb trade, and then they got Jeff Wilson after. Yeah. So I, just, I don't know why they would like. I mean, maybe they. <laughs> They wanted him for you know uh, what's his name who's out Williams, and yeah, but Chan. they have they have Gordon Murray, and I know Boone just went on IR, but then um, Chase Edmonds just hadn't fit really in Miami either. Like, and then no, they brought no. in Jeff Wilson, so they're fine right there. They didn't like. Yeah, I thought he was going to be a player in Miami. Yeah, like, I thought he might be a fantasy league winner. I wanted him bad. I'm like, oh, I'll take Mostert because I couldn't get Edmonds. Well, that worked out. Yeah, Mostert has definitely proved himself as the uh, number yeah, he one. He hasn't got hurt yet for once. There we go. Glass ankles is good. Uh, knock, knock on wood, wood. Got uh, you, Naeem Hines and Zach Moss switch teams. I guess this is good for Naeem Hines because now he's on a better pass uh, offense, and I think they're yeah. going to utilize him a lot more. Zach Moss to the Colts. I I just I don't get this one either. <laughs> I, I mean, know it's JT... nothing. It makes the Bills better, I think, and they nothing oh, to do it for the Bills, a hundred percent. But for the yeah. Colts, this is just nothing. Oh yeah, like absolutely. why wouldn't you just try and get like draft value, like a six or a what, fifth? Wasn't it Zach Moss or something? Yeah, it was Zach Moss and a pick for Naeem Hines. Wow. This is what happens Late. when you when you're working. You just see like who the Late players pick, are. Though. Yeah, great. Nothing basically. Uh. Jets get uh, our Jets trade away Jacob Martin to the Broncos, which was needed after they got rid of Chubb. Uh, Rashad Fenton. This is one that I didn't see coming from the Chiefs, but as their 
undrafted or their seventh round draft pick uh, rookie has kind of showed up. Fenton to the Falcons, pretty good move. Uh, and then Dean Marlowe going to the Bills from the Falcons. Uh, that's a good move since, is it Micah Hyde that's, uh, or is it Jordan Poyer that was season ending? I can't really remember. I think it's Hyde. They both kind of play the it's exact Hyde. same style, in my opinion. But okay. Uh, yeah, Hyde. And then <laughs> Commanders send William Jackson III to the Steelers. Steelers safety or uh, secondary is so shitty right now. Anything will help it. Literally, I was like, I don't even know who William Jackson the third is, but <laughs> I was seeing earlier this week that the commanders were going to cut him. So yeah, getting anything for him is nice. Yeah, ah, I saw that crazy. trade praised a little bit. Some people think he might he might be a good piece for Pittsburgh. Very well could be, but too bad Pittsburgh just isn't going to be anything this year. Yeah, I think there's just a lot of trades i thought i saw like a common theme where it's um like it wasn't like the blockbuster trades like the bradley chubbs of the world and stuff but or like the roquan smiths but i think oh, yeah, players i think players are going to teams where they'll get more of a chance to play up to their potential um kind of like Hines and claypool like i just think if they're given more of an opportunity then they'll um kind of play up to their value like i think a second round pick for claypool might have been a bit much but i also think like he had 950 yards and nine touchdowns in the rookie year because he was getting the ball so i think if if, i think if he can just even be more involved in the offense he can run like in the end of rounds kind of like a michael hardman type like if he just gets the ball more then he I think be. he he could yeah. be a good piece. He's not worth a second, but that was there were teams that needed that young piece, yeah. so they're gonna you have to overpay it. There's no free agents. Well, like that, he's yeah, already that's, that's the he's thing. the youngest receiver on the Bears now. Like yeah, they only pass the ball eleven times a game, but maybe if they have he's a threat, you know, it's a good pickup by them because he still has a chance to develop, and it's also a great move by Pittsburgh. Like yeah, they got you can get a second round pick from then like. Well, you're Claypool laughing with a, deep, a second round pick, yeah. Too. With so a that deep, seems like a lateral move and almost even a downgrade that because you're going to get an unproven guy now. But they got pickings there and they have holes all over their roster, so they need to, you know, they don't necessarily need to use that on receiver. If they bring back Johnson, they, they're fine. Claypool was, Claypool was done there the second pickings was drafted, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And yeah, so, I, agree. I, I like, like people are saying this, like, Steelers fleeced. Like, I don't think it's going to be as bad as people are saying. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Claypool doesn't, like, shine, but if he shines in Chicago, like, he's shown how athletic he can be. He's showed at the combine how fast he can be. Like, he's a physical specimen, but, like, he just wasn't really being utilized in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So I just think if he's just given more opportunity in Chicago, then he could pan out. And I definitely agree with the whole uh, maybe, well, no, no, I don't agree with the whole overpayment because we've seen now that receivers, especially this year, all of them getting massive contracts, a second round for a guy like Chase Claypool now, probably going to seem really good if he gets the ball as much as we're saying or as much as we're thinking. Yeah. Because if he turns into like a, let's say for the last half of the season, he's on pace for uh like 110 receptions or 120 i I think i'd give a second round pick for a 120 uh reception guy you know 
give a friggin' first round pick for that, but right. I don't. See, I don't like, think that's possible with their with their scheme. But I don't. I don't either. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Maybe Fields. And that's not even like they, even them. Guy. They don't even need it like that. They just him having big play like capabilities. Even if yeah. they're only going to give him three or four catches, they'll run the ball like crazy. Like, would and you, then he can give you a jump ball every once in a while, get you 40 yards, get you a fade in the end zone. Would you give up a second round pick from Mike Williams? Oh, no. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Why not? And Mike Williams and, and Claypool are, in my opinion, pretty similar. Like, I think, like, they're jump ball receivers. Like, Mike Williams is what, top two jump ball Mike receiver? Mike Williams in the is league. what you like, want Claypool a, to become. Yeah. Like, so I'm but just. He's got the just, age for you. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like alluding to what Scott's saying. Like, he doesn't need to be. Like a guy, like a Keenan Allen, who's getting like a hundred ten receptions a year. Like if he's just like a guy who can get two yard, three catches for like seventy eight yards, and one of them's a fifty yard bomb, then, and even if you just get him more involved in like the running game, kind of like end arounds and stuff. If he's just in the game, like involved and stuff like that, and then I think like it'll be worth a second round pick. Yeah, maybe I was maybe I was kind of phrasing it a little bit wrong there, but. Like I think he'll get more than three catches a game, but I like think he needs to get more than three catches because I know I know when he gets you know around six to ten catches a game, it's usually because they're playing well. Yeah. You know they're not playing for scrambling, and if he's only going there to be a three reception, uh, seventy eighty yard guy, but one of them's a fifty yard reception, like. That's that. I don't feel like that's who Claypool is. I feel like Claypool is the guy who needs to be, uh, the main look, and he's gonna get his shot now. Yeah, he just has to. He has to prove it, and Eberflus has to work him into this system, because, yeah, if he if he comes out his first game in Chicago and looks like the clear number one, I I think. I think already in one game it could make or break this trade, in my opinion. Are you starting him in fantasy if you have him? I would. Yeah. New player on a new team. I feel like they always kind of show up for the new team. You know. What about Pickens? You start Pickens this week? I would never. No, I I wouldn't even start Pickens. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Like start he him just became whole... basically a new receiver on a new team. He's now number two, solidified. But it's like it's Deontay Johnson's or, or no one's, especially how bad Pittsburgh is, man. I like that video of Najee Harris getting the ball and then was, not doing was, anything. That was hilarious. Awful. That yeah. was so funny. I won't even tell you who I traded for him at the start of the year, but fuck. I'm still in first in this league, though, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. But, I mean, hey, anytime you give up a second-round pick for a top-three receiver like Claypool says he is, it's a bargain. So, <laughs> three, yeah, top three from B.C., yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> That's awesome. But um Hayden, you got any more on the NFL front? Two quick things. Uh players you should see or expect to see cut. Uh two players, Brandon Cooks, Cam Makers. Uh it looks like Brandon Cooks is literally threatening the Texans to cut him, or else he he won't play, uh, which is stupid because this guy's was paid. So much fucking money. The fact uh, that they didn't try and trade him for anything is ri- ridiculous. Terrible. Uh, Kareem Hunt looks like he's going to be staying in Cleveland. Uh, but yeah, Cam Akers, I know they already said if they can't find a trade partner for him, they're cutting him. So. Yeah, he even said that he, like, he won't play again. He's like, yeah, I don't think it's best for my career to play here again. 
It was what a Boston keeper that was. Yeah. I came out of that. That's pretty much it. All right, Scott. Well, um, sorry for keeping you too long. Uh, but good. I, um, I appreciate you stopping by, staying a bit longer at the old BCIT uh, sports desk or studio to come on with us. Where can the people find you? I know you uh, do some writing and stuff like that. Where can yeah, Twitter, Twitter at underscore Scott Ani and on the Leafs Nation, um, breaking down sports news generally a couple times a week. So check out the Leafs Nation. Even if you're not a Leafs fan, we got some other good stuff on there. Good content. Yeah, I've read it a few times. It's some good. It's, it's some good work, buddy. Uh, Hayden, where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hayden underscore Barton and on TikTok at HBart13. All right. And you guys know where to follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at left side heavy underscore. Uh, follow myself on Instagram at Jevin.lefave and Twitter at JevinLefave. Check out the YouTube, left side heavy, subscribe, like, comment, share, do all that jazz. And look out Friday. We got a KBNR coming with my boy, Colton. Keller for a great interview about his pro career journey playing over in Germany um, through Edmonton playing for uh, like in the WHL uh, playing at UBC stuff like that and he's now in the ECHL for the Idaho Steelhead so it was a great interview um, so look out for that on Friday Scott once again thanks for coming on buddy I appreciate it and we will see you next time peace